Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,941. The topic is training, and the title is Powerlifting, Shorter Workouts, and More Athletic. Uh, what that means, it's kind of a shortened version of what the kind of full title would be, but the full title is way too long. <laughs> uh, I was talking with someone, we did a consultation yesterday, and she is wanting to learn how to do powerlifting in a shorter amount of time. And when she was doing it before, she used to feel very boxy and kind of like thick. So we were talking about how to make those adjustments, hence the title, Shorter Workouts and More Athletic. Now her goal is she wants to improve her strength, muscle shape, and stay lean. She's in med school and she has her residency coming up. So she would love to be able to not only maintain strength, maintain muscle mass, maintain her current leanness. She wants to improve that, and which is amazing and awesome because residency is going to be crazy. <laughs> uh, but I love it. I love when people have desires to continue to improve themselves even when life is chaotic. I work with people with a billion different schedules. You name it, I've worked with somebody with that schedule, and we can definitely do this. I have helped people compete in powerlifting with three 30-minute workouts a week. That's it. And they made progress, and they did pretty damn good. So it wasn't like you know they were a beginner, and if they could bench you know 50 pounds, they'd be happy. They literally wanted to make great progress. Um, I don't remember if we set state records or not, but they did very well. And I've trained other people for acidic competitions like... Uh, bodybuilding type shows, figure fitness, that kind of stuff, at four 40-minute workouts a week. That's it, including cardio. Yeah, I'll, I'll pause to let that sink in because <laughs> that's significant. Four 40-minute workouts a week, including cardio, and they were able to get on stage and do freaking awesome. I think they got uh, the one client, the last one I helped with that situation, got uh, second place. So very happy, awesome stuff. We could definitely do it. What I wanted to share in today's podcast was I specifically asked her if there were certain struggles that she's had, nutrition and training, anything health related, that she would like help with. And the two things she mentioned were how to keep compound lifts into short workouts. So how could she still squat but get done with her workouts quickly? How could she still bench, deadlift, do those things? And then how can she train for strength? but not feel like tight, not feel less mobile. She had followed a lot of apps, a lot of programs, but those were two issues that no app and no program ever addressed. The workouts were either two or three hours, which did not fit her schedule, or they were kind of boring, basic stuff that left her feeling boxy, muscularly tight and, and unathletic. So she wanted to learn how to address those. We're going to be working on that in the next couple months, and then she's going to carry that into her residency and training when she can. <laughs> uh, but now she'll know the right structure to train with, and I thought it would be fun to share. So the workout structure we would use to create shorter workouts. There are many variations, but one specific variation that I shared with her that has worked in the past is a workout format that uses circuits. So you're going to perform multiple exercises kind of back to back to back before you take a break. We're going to utilize underloaded variations, which means if I want to strengthen my squat, I would find a variation of a squat that feels harder than a normal squat. So it targets a weakness of my squat. So maybe in my normal squat training, I can work up to working sets of 315. 
But with this variation of a squat, I can only do sets of, say, 225 to 250. That requires less warm-ups, so therefore we can get more work in in a shorter period of time. It also has less stress on the nervous system. So in her case, when she's dealing with the stress of residency, the stress of maybe chaotic sleep, the stress of just trying not to kill anyone <laughs> all day, uh, just trying to keep up with life, uh, life stress does compete with workout stress. Our body can only manage so much stress at a time. So the, the less stress our workouts create, the more stress resiliency we have for life stress. So underloaded variations, not only do they require less warm-up time to allow the workouts to be faster, but they also have less of a CNS hit, which allows us to have more stress resiliency for other aspects of life. And then we're also going to blend all lifts into the workouts. So it's going to be a full body workout. The structure that I would use is the first circuit. We're going to do movement preparation drills and exercises combined with the warm-ups for the main lift of that day. If you want to learn more about movement prep, you can list the podcast 1112 titled The Best Warm-Up Routine. You can find older podcasts like that on our website. Go to www.brutalironjim.com. Go to the podcast player we have on the first page. Scroll just underneath the podcast player. We have instructions on how to find older podcasts. So you can listen to that podcast for more information. But generally, movement preparation is... What do I have to get moving to feel like my muscle tightnesses are all evened out and my joints feel opened up and ready to go? So if I'm going to do a back squat, I want to warm up, you know, maybe my ankles and my calves, warm up my knees, warm up my hips, maybe do something that kind of ignites some core bracing. We want to open up shoulder mobility. It sounds like a lot, but you can actually get that done in three movements or less every time. I've never ran into a case where I couldn't do it. <laughs> so movement preparation combined with the warm-ups of the main lift. And then the second circuit, we would do the working sets of the main lift with accessory exercises from the other lifts. So if it's a squat main lift day, I'll be doing bench accessories and deadlift accessories. If it's a deadlift main lift day, I'll be doing squat accessories and bench accessories and, and yada yada. <laughs> you got the idea. <laughs> so this format allows for improved mobility and athleticism over time. So you will not feel bulky and unathletic. You'll actually feel increasingly more athletic. And the total weekly volume that you need to progress in all lifts can still be accomplished. It's just going to be split across the multiple workouts rather than having a full squat day or a full bench day or a full deadlift day. And it allows for shorter overall workout times. So it's a fantastic structure. Let's give you an example workout. Let's say the main lift of the workout is, uh, the main focus and the main lift of the workout is squats, and our underloaded variation we're going to use is a front squat. You'll see sometimes people have weak quads, especially the muscles down by the knees. They have weak knees. And that causes their hips to rise first at coming out of the bottom of the squat, and their torso to kind of pitch downward towards the ground, and it over-relies on the lower back, and sometimes if they're not controlling their body positioning, the bar can be forward of their center of gravity, and then everything kind of goes to crap. So strengthening the knees, uh, think of like John Hack. If you don't know who that is, please look him up. He's a powerlifter, and he squats 
in a way that looks like his knees should explode because he's very knee dominant, even though he's not wearing knee wraps. Uh, just genetics out the wazoo, and he's worked very hard. But he has extremely, extremely, extremely ridiculously strong knees, and that would be a great example of like the the degree of stress and demand you can put into the knees. That might not. That's definitely not going to be the type of squat everybody needs to do. He does a high bar squat. It's the bar sits on his traps. It literally doesn't even touch his back of his shoulders. And he's very upright in his torso, and he just loads his knees like crazy. But I want you to think of that as an example. Whereas uh, way back in the day, like uh, somebody that comes to mind is David Goggins. Uh, he would be uh, great to check out the way that he squatted. Uh, and uh, let me, was it Steve Goggins? Oh my gosh, now I'm like questioning myself. Uh, so powerlifter, let me type this in, powerlifter Goggins. And I feel so bad that I don't know this. Um, dang it. Yeah, Steve Goggins. That's it. Okay, yeah, Steve Goggins. So he was the first powerlifter squat, like 1,100 pounds. Crazy, super strong. Now, he hinges at the hips. Uh, David Goggins is like the military dude that wrote that book and all the motivational stuff. So that's why that name came from. Okay, Steve Goggins. He's a powerlifter. First guy to squat over 1,100 pounds. And he has an extreme hip hinge. So if you had him squat next to John Hack, you would you would be amazed at actually doing the same exercise. <laughs> so um, he has a very hip hinge dominant squat, whereas John Hack is a very upright, very knee dominant squat. I'm getting way off track, but the point is, is for some people their quads are weak. That I can't believe that was the tangent we got on but there we are and now we're back <laughs> so front squats can be very helpful uh, to improve knee strength and then they also can be helpful to improve uh, kind of thoracic bracing and kind of core tightness because if the bar is on the front side of you it wants to pull your shoulders down and forward and you have to fight against that so it can really strengthen the thoracic spinal muscles the muscles around your shoulder blades, especially right below and kind of between your shoulder blades, to help strengthen those and keep, keep, keep you in good position. So we would do main lift focus squats. The underloaded variation of the day would be front squats. So the first circuit, I might do uh, pigeon reach throughs. These are all names that my clients would recognize and the way in which I write for clients. So I have a, a Word document. Yes, Microsoft Word. It still exists. I have a Microsoft Word document that I use to uh, write client programs where I have exercise names and video tutorials from YouTube uh, saved. That document right now is 310 pages with an average of 18 exercises per page. So you do the math, 310 times 18, that's how many exercises I choose from to write my clients' programs, and I'm constantly adding new exercises all the time. Uh, it's what I love. I think it's super fun trying to pinpoint the exact right movement for the client for that day, for that moment, for that need. So it's an extreme exercise database, but it makes it super fun because we can really pinpoint everything. So we're going to do pigeon reach throughs. It's a glute stretch, adductor stretch, and lat stretch. Then since they're already going to be kind of down on their hands and knees in a quadricep, quadruped position, we'll stay there and we'll do planks on the elbows, what's called a reach march. And what that does is it, it, it focuses on thoracic bracing, so it prepares them to be able to brace their uh, thoracic muscles and their core muscles, which they will need in the front squat. And it, it also continues to work on opening up the lats. Uh, so it's a really good also intra-hip 
uh, balance. So unilateral side-to-side hip balance structures, which you'll need to have to make sure we don't favor one side versus the other side during squats. So there's a lot of multi-layers in there, but pigeon reach-throughs, plank uh, from elbow with a reach march, and then we'll do the warm-up sets of front squats. So typically I do three rounds, like three sets of the first circuit. Sometimes we'll do a fourth or a fifth, but typically only three. Then the second circuit we said is the main lift for the day, the working sets, and then accessories from other lifts. So we would go into the working sets of front squats, then maybe for deadlift we'd want to work on some hamstrings, but we want to work on hamstrings with a very minimal low uh, low back stress because we're going to be using the low back in the front squats. So we could do machine leg curls if they have access to that. Dumbbell, single leg, stiff leg, deadlifts, maybe hip thrusts. Something that works the hamstrings a little bit uh, but doesn't kill the lower back. Then we would do bench assistance. We're going to be doing a barbell specific underloaded variation on the main lift bench day. So on this day, we're looking for a bench accessory. So we might be doing dumbbell chest flies, maybe dumbbell chest presses, maybe some weighted dips. So it depends on whether they need chest isolation, a blend of chest and triceps, or a tricep isolation, depending on their bench mechanics and and their needs. So we'll blend that in. And then for the front squats, kind of depends on how many rounds of this we do. Typically, we do three rounds minimum. We might actually do up to five rounds. It depends on if they need more warm-ups. So maybe the first three warm-ups, like they only need three warm-ups to get in the front squats. So maybe they warm up the first circuit at the bar, 95 pounds, 135, and then their working sets are between 165 to 185. That would be great. Or let's say that they uh, are stronger, then the warm-ups might switch from bar 135 to 25, and now all of a sudden in the second set, we're able to work in that, like, high twos to low threes range and feel fully warmed up for that. Sometimes we'll add a couple warm-up sets. So maybe I'll do five sets of this last circuit, the second circuit. The first two are just warm-ups and then the last three are working sets. Sometimes if somebody's strength is relatively low, maybe their front squats are, you know, 155, we might end up doing five sets of working sets because we need that volume to be higher. Whereas if somebody's really strong, they might only need three working sets and we could easily move on from there. So the volume of working sets depends on strength and what numbers we use for the warm-up sets depends on strength as well and whether or not we need an extra warm-up set or two. But that's an example workout that somebody could easily, easily do in 40 minutes. So I've had clients do this in like rushing but 30 to 40 minutes. This um, this format, when you first try it and you first learn it, it might take you up to an hour to figure it out. Uh, but once you learn this and you get going, you can do these workouts in 40 minutes. This is easy, easy peasy things that I've done in 40 minutes uh, in when I needed fast workouts when I was competing in powerlifting. So again, the workout format is you're going to use circuits, you're going to utilize underloaded variations, and you're going to blend all the lifts into the workouts. The first circuit is movement prep with the main lift warm-ups. Second circuit is the main lift working sets with the accessories from the other exercises. So that is formatting for powerlifting that creates shorter workouts. Now, if we want to avoid a boxy feeling, uh, simply with that, we just choose more athletic accessories. We want accessories that use some unilateral involvement, maybe include more muscles, more like full body kind of movements. And typically, we're going to do a little bit higher rep ranges. So instead of like barbell RDLs, you could do split stance RDLs or single leg RDLs. You could do sled rows with an exaggerated hip hinge. You could do 
deficit into 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 broad jumps. So I've done that before for clients. So we'll drop from you know maybe a 24 to 36 inch height. They'll hit the ground and then go into a broad jump. And that is awesome for working on knee strength, hip health, like a whole bunch of stuff, explosiveness. So we'll do athletic movements like that. Um, we might do like uh, maybe a band across the squat rack. Uh, the J-Cup said it about your knee height. You're going to lay on the ground and you might do like uh, straight leg glute bridges with your feet on the band into what's called temper tantrums, which is just freaking insane for working the uh, hamstring connections. So that's really good just like for like sprint work and athletic work. Uh, but we'll do any of those variations as more athletic and kind of neat, weird variations compared to uh, something boring and basic like barbell RDLs. I love barbell, barbell RDLs, so I do those a lot. But if you want to have more of an athletic feel, you would just use some more athletic options. So instead of like dumbbell presses, you could do a circuit of dumbbell push-ups into a dumbbell push press into a dumbbell thrusters. So maybe dumbbell push-ups, you can get five to ten reps. You would stand up, clean the dumbbells into a front rack position, do three to five reps of a push press, then do three to five reps of a dumbbell thruster. And woo-wee, you're going to definitely jack up your overall pressing muscles, get a lot higher heart rate, get overall movement and athleticism, having to balance the weights, move through a full thruster positioning. So there's a lot of variations and uh, benefits to that. The idea is just you choose more athletic accessories if you don't want to feel boxy. Unilateral involvement, include more muscles, like more full body stuff, and typically higher rep ranges. That's still going to transfer to strength because you're having muscular stress. And then you're still going to have a heavy day for those muscles that, like, for example, if I was going to do that uh, dumbbell circuit, dumbbell push press, uh, push-ups into push-up, push press into thrusters, that would be the accessory for bench day. I'm still going to come back later in the week and do heavy barbell benches. So it's not like that's all we're going to rely on to progress our strength. We still have the basic lifts on another day. So the accessory work can be athletic and a little higher rep range. It's still going to get muscle tissue damage. It's still going to get muscle stress. It's still going to get nervous system adaptation. So you're still going to get everything you would need to progress in strength. But this is a probably very fast overview of how you can program for powerlifting, but create shorter workouts if you need, and or create more athleticism within the program if you need. So I thought that was fun to share. Um, if you have any questions or you need anything, just shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you'd like me to write your programming, of course we do that, and you can learn more about our services on our website, www.brutalironjim.com. So these are the programs and types of things that I blend in in all my clients' workouts. And this client, for example, we do the consultation. I'm going to be sharing with them the overall template that I would use and an example of specific exercises. And then they can choose to run run with that and take it on their own or they can stay with me for a couple months. I don't do any contracts. They can stay with me for as long as they want and I'll write it for them. Uh, but whenever they feel like they understand it and they want to take it on their own, they can do that. Uh, but that's the idea. I'm just here to educate and help in whatever way that I can. Um, very lucky, very blessed, very grateful to have had the exposure and opportunities that I've had. So I would love to be able to share the information so other people don't have to have stresses and concerns and worries and feel limited towards their goals and dreams. So if you need anything, just reach out. My email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. 
If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.